Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Sunday is special. I believe that that is set apart. I believe that God has a word in season for each and every one of us that's going to start something afresh in us, that's going to animate something in us, that's going to bring transformation, not just to, to, to us as individuals, but to those in our world, yeah? You know, we, we've come into this series, if I can just start preaching from the get-go, is that all right? Yeah? We're good? Okay, good. We don't need a, no, no building rapport. Rapport is built. I told you we're having vomiting in my household this morning. That's enough oversharing. Uh, but, but as we were coming into the series, we we're coming into it initially uh, off the back of our full access series, right? And in our full access series, we've been talking about the fact that, that we have full access to God, that we can boldly approach His, His throne of grace, but, but that there's difference between having access and, and using that access, yeah? There's a difference between having the opportunity and, and actually using it. And so what I would love to do today on Dream Sunday is I'd love to pull these strands together. I'd, I'd love to look at, at what is our dream as a church? What does that have to do with God? Because hopefully our dream has something to do with God, right? Otherwise, it's probably not a God dream. And finally, how do we, uh, how do we move towards it? Is that all right? It's a good plan? plan for, it's good because that's the only message I have prepared with me today. If you'd said no, we would have been in a spot. Uh, and, and at the end of the service, what we're going to do is, is we actually believe that, that you have a dream and that with that dream comes power. That actually it should not be a dream that you do in your own ability and your, and your own strength, but that every dream that is from God requires God. And so what we'd love to do, if you're comfortable, and again, there's no pressure, but we would love to anoint every person who would like to be anointed today. Not, not that in anointing we believe that, that, you know, that you're a different person after it, but as, as more of a, an act of acknowledging, God, we anoint and, and embrace the power that you have for us. God, we anoint as a, as a symbol and a sign and, and stepping into a storied tradition of saying, as we anoint, we set apart and we step into the power that you have for us, the power that you want to work through us. So to do that, uh, I'd like to start by, by looking at a story and then a few ideas. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read verses 24 uh, to 28. It says this, by faith, Moses when grown, refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. He chose a hard life with God's people rather than an opportunistic soft life of sin with the oppressors. He valued suffering in the Messiah's camp far greater than Egyptian wealth because he was looking ahead, anticipating the payoff. By an act of faith, he turned his heel on Egypt, indifferent to the king's blind rage. He had his eye on the one no one can see and kept right on going. Uh, I'd also love if you would turn with me to, to Micah chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 to 7. It says this, But when all is said and done, God's temple on the mountain, firmly fixed, will dominate all mountains, towering above surrounding hills. People will stream to it, and many nations set out for it, saying, Come, let's climb God's mountain. Let's go to the temple of Jacob's God. He will teach us how to live. We'll know how to live God's way. True teaching will issue from Zion, God's revelation from Jerusalem. He'll establish justice in the rabble of nations and settle disputes in faraway places. They'll trade in their swords for shovels, their spears for rakes and hoes. Nations will quit fighting each other, quit learning how to kill one another. Each man will sit under his own shade tree. Each woman in safety will tend her own garden. God of angel armies says so, and he means what he says. Meanwhile, all the other people live how they wish, picking and choosing their gods, but we live honoring God. We're loyal to our God forever and ever. 
On that great day, God says, I will round up all the hurt and homeless. Everyone I have bruised or banished, I will transform the battered into a company of the elite. I will make a strong nation out of the long lost, a showcase exhibit of God's rule and action as I rule from Mount Zion from here to eternity. There's a big, big little bit of scripture there, right? Like the Hebrew thing is like, okay, cool, that's a bit of a story about, about Moses, but then this thing in Micah, I, I, I was reading over the summer and I was really seeking God, I want like a, a, a scripture that, that we can hold on to as a church as a prophetic picture of what it looks like to be the church you're calling us to be. Right, and, and as I was searching, I came across this picture in, in Micah and something within me leapt. Right, and I want to say today, there's a lot in this verse, right? We're not going to unpack the entirety of, of Micah 4, 1 to 7 today. In fact, actually, a lot of what we'll be doing at team night is going through verse by verse in that and saying, this is what this looks like in application in our church. This is where we can step into this. This is what this looks like outworked. So I really want to encourage you to come along to that. But really what I'd love to just unpack today from that verse in Micah, and it connects into this idea of Moses, is that verse in verse 2. Come, let's climb God's mountain. If you're taking notes today, my sermon is titled Base Camp. Anyone know what base camp is? Anyone been to a base camp, right? No, none of us. We're like, no, all the mountains in New Zealand are quite small, right? Base camp, for, for those of you who don't know, it's kind of the last camp that you set up before you try and reach the summit of a mountain. Right, it's the, the last camp that you set up before you set out for, for somewhere new. And, and I've titled this sermon Base Camp because I believe that as a church, we're on the precipice of something. I believe that, that God has something new and exciting ahead for us, a new and exciting season. And this concept of, of base camp perfectly captures where we are. Because when you're pushing into something new and something exciting, it's really, really important, I believe, that, that you don't disrespect or devalue what has been. Right, I think it's really, really easy to, to debase the past to make now seem better. To pretend that what was wasn't that good so that what is seems better by comparison. But there's not really progress, is it? There's not really pushing forward into what God has for us. It, 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 that's the equivalent of Instagram, right? It's cheeky camera angles. I don't know if anyone's ever done this. You've set a New Year's resolution to maybe go on some more runs. You didn't go on some more runs, but you figured out a great angle to take selfies from that made it look like you went on more runs. So you could post that on Instagram and be like, hashtag fitness goals, right? Might just be me. Uh, I can show you uh, some great Instagram angles after the service if you're interested. Uh, we, can, we can talk through that, right? Church is about equipping you for life, including Instagram angles. But as a church, and, and I believe as, as individuals, we don't want to make it seem like we have more, like we're pushing into the call that, has God for, that God has for us without actually changing. I believe that as a church, we, we actually want to be at, at base camp, right, at a place that we're setting off from to, to, to the final approach to get to the summit. And I want to say that base camp in and of itself is an accomplishment. Right, base camp, getting there isn't easy. O on Mount Everest, this is a, a photo of, of uh, base camp on Mount Everest. Base camp at Mount Everest, which is, you know, one of the higher base camps in the world, is 5,364 meters up. Right, for, for some perspective, New Zealand's highest mountain is 3,724 meters high. Right, you're 2,000 meters higher than Mount Cook if you're at base camp on Mount Everest. Getting to base camp is, is an accomplishment. We're not starting at zero. And you might feel like in your life you've climbed a mountain. 
Right? Like getting here, getting to where I am now has not been all easy. It's been a challenge. I've needed oxygen a couple of times on the way up, right? Someone's needed to carry my pack. I've carried other people's packs. This has been hard. This is an accomplishment because it is. You've come so far and that should be celebrated. But I want to say to us today, church, that God is not done yet. That the best is yet to come. That God has more, that God has something for us to push into, that God has a call, that we are not done, that we are not called just to sit here, twiddle our thumbs and wait for eternity. Come on, church, I don't know, if, if, if that's not going to get something rising up in us, if that's not going to get a shout of praise that, that comes out of our hearts, if that can't get us maybe giving a little bit of a clap, I don't know what's going to, right? Come on, God's not done with you, church. There's something that's coming. God has something more that we would look back and say, God, you are so faithful. Something's happening. Let me share a story. Growing up, uh, growing up, we used to go on on uh, summer holidays, and the way that we would do summer holidays, because it was the cheapest way to do summer holidays, was to go camping. Anyone here a fan of camping? Yeah, camping in the South Island is a bit of a different experience than camping in the North Island. Uh, one time, I went camping New Year's, right? So just for clarification, that's in summer. Yeah, New Year's is in summer, traditionally, right? Uh, and we went camping in Queenstown, and so I bought my my summer camping gear. Uh, and then I woke up the day before New Year's and there was snow on the ground. And I was like, this is not, I was not prepared for this. Th that's not my story though. This is actually about camping in the North Island because who knows, camping in the North Island can suck, right? That, that was trying to get the South Islanders on, on board. I was, I was doing a bit of a pivot back. Uh, but, but we went camping in the North Island and we went camping uh, in, in Napier. Uh, and we arrived in, in Napier, and, and we surveyed where to camp, right? We found a perfect little spot to camp on. It had like a slight, just a gentle little incline, you know, so that your head's just above your, your legs a little bit when you're lying down. I love that when you're camping. Uh, and it, it was actually, it's quite nice. That, that was serious. I do enjoy that when I'm camping. Uh, not so much that when you put something down, it rolls to the other end of the tent. That's too much of an incline. Uh, and then at the, at the bottom of this nice slight incline was a, just a little beautiful little creek, right? So you could lie there in your camp and you'd, you'd have the, the water just bubbling away. And, and, and so we arrived and we set up our tent, right? It was one of those old canvas tents, not one of the sweet dome ones that you kind of just blink and they're set up. One of those ones that you have to arrive with like three or four hours before you need to be in the tent to set aside to set up the tent, right? That's for like an hour to, to put the tent together and then about three hours to restore the relationships you destroyed in trying to put the tents together, right? Like, I'm really sorry I called you that. It was just that the it was heavy and, and the thing stabbed me in my finger and, and, and you can't touch the walls and it's, it's a whole thing, right? Camping's a lot better now. Anyway, so we set up the tent and we got there. It was great. We set back. We surveyed what we'd done. We're like, it is good right? Because we're a biblical family. We just like to quote God at any opportunity. Uh, and we went to bed. And in the night, it, it started to drizzle just a little bit, right? And then it, it started to rain a little bit more. There's a bit of precipitation, right? It started to rain. And, and, and what had happened is it had been beautiful weather in Napier. And so the ground was nice and hard, right? We'd enjoyed that. We'd been putting in the tent pegs. Like, it's not going anywhere, right? Why are we camping on concrete? And, and so because the ground was hard, not only was it super fun to try and put the tent pegs into the ground, when the water hit the ground, it didn't kind of soak in, right? It, it just kind of sat on top. And so the, the water sat underneath our, our ground sheet, and then it kind of came in between that lovely bit where it's between the ground sheet and the bottom of your tent, and you're walking around, and there's like, it moves, and that's fun. And, and so, but it was all right. We're still all good in the tent. And, and then the water, um, you know, it went down the little uh, incline into the creek, 
and the creek had uh, aspirations in life. It didn't want to be a creek all its life. It, it wanted to become maybe a, a river, maybe a raging river, in fact. And so it, it embraced the opportunity, and it started to grow, and it started to, to rise. And, and I remember I was about eight years old at the time, sitting on our, our chili bin with uh, my feet just dangling in the water right, as the water came up to about yay high in our tent. And we were like, you know what, this is not a great camping holiday. This is, this is hard. I share this story because what seemed like a great place before we went to bed, overnight changed dramatically. Overnight turned into something so different to what we thought it would be. What seemed an ideal location became a lot less ideal. See, the first thing that we need to understand about base camp is that even though it's an accomplishment, even though it's amazing to reach base camp, my first point today, if you're taking notes as we look at how we climb and how we push into more, is we need to remember that a past promise can become a present prison. See, Moses is our perfect scriptural touchstone for this idea, right? Because Moses moves from comfort into discomfort because of a dream and a call. We, we know the story. Moses frees the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt, right? Amazing. You're all, that's Christianity 101, past, well done, right? And e Egypt is used in the Bible often as kind of this reference point of, of an example of leaving sin and captivity and, and that which makes us less, yeah? We all agree, Egypt is bad, right? If I was to say Egypt, perhaps you would boo. Egypt. Yeah, bad Egypt, right? We don't mean current Egypt now. That would be racist. But we mean Egypt within the Bible in an ancient context, yeah? Egypt in the Bible, ancient context, is not a great place to be. But here's the thing. That wasn't always the case. And in fact, just a few generations before Moses, Egypt was the promise, right? Joseph and, in fact, Joseph's brothers were starving in Israel. Because there was a famine in the land, and Joseph saved them by bringing them into Egypt, where he was in, in charge, where he was able to amass food that meant that they could survive. Egypt was the promise. It was refuge. See, the problem is that sometimes if you stay too long in what was promised, and you don't move into what has been promised next, it can go from being a promise to a prison. See, I, I don't want to fear monger, but I, I feel like before we start unpacking how we can move into our dream, into our call, into the, the more that God has for us, into how we can climb, I want to address that little voice in the back of your head that says, do we need to? Because this is comfy. I like it. I like here. I like now. I like how my life is. This is convenient for me. This is safe. This is comfortable. Do we really need a dream for something more? I quite like the dream I've got at the moment, right? Like, why do I need to change the dream? I'm happy here. And I want to I wanna suggest that we need to move, that we are, in fact, called to be a nomadic people spiritually, right? That we're never settled until we reach our heavenly home. Life is referred to by a bunch of metaphors in the Bible, but by far the most used in the New Testament is the one used by Paul, that life is, is a race, that life is something moving and flowing and, and always changing. That we are called to have full access. We're called to be on mission. We're, we're called to push in for more. But more isn't a location. It's a person. right? And it's interesting. In the wilderness, God guided the Israelites as they traveled. And I think the reason for this is he knew their past propensity. He knew what they were likely to do, to, to camp in a place thinking that the location was the promise. And so God guided them with a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night so that they could always know, know where you are, even though it might be comfortable. That nice little oasis you found in the desert is not the place that you are called to be. The place that you are called to be is in pursuit of God. 
See, I, I want to remind us, church, let's not be the Israelites camped in a place that was the promise, but God said move and we stayed because it was comfortable and it was nice. Let's be nomadic, moving with God, not attached to places or stages, but be willing to break camp and move because God is moving. Or else I want to say that we risk becoming like the Israelites, enslaved in a place that was a promise, but has become a prison. So if we know that past promises can become present prisons, what, what's the why? Right? Why do we move? Is it just a negative motivation? It's just like, move or else things are going to get really, really bad. Right? It's a hard way to go through life, always being motivated by fear. I want to suggest that, that not only does God have a reason for us to move because past promises can become present prisons, but God has something for us to move into. I want to suggest if you're taking notes, my second point today is that there is a blessing at the summit and it's not just for you. I want to say that again, there is a blessing at the summit, but it's not just for you. We looked at this principle at the start of this full access series, right? That, that God will never bless you except to make you a blessing. That if God is blessing you, it's for you and it's for others. It goes beyond you. You know, it's interesting, in the Old Testament, God often met with people on mountains, Right? And meeting God on a mountain was a scary thing. Right? It wasn't meet God on the mountain and it'll give you talents and gifts and money and fame. It was meet with God on the mountain and God will give you a dream and, and, and a burden. God will change something in you. In fact, Abraham met with God. Right? When God saved Isaac on Mount Moriah and God swears to bless Abraham so that all the nations of the world will be blessed through his family. Moses meets with God next to this three at the burning bush in Mount Sinai, and God calls him to go back to Egypt and save Israel. Right? Moses meets with God again on Mount Sinai and receives the Ten Commandments as God calls him to lead the nation of Israel through the wilderness. Jesus was transfigured on a high mountain with Peter, James, and John as they realized that Jesus was much more than just a leader or a prophet, but that this was God in human flesh. See, these moments on mountains, these, the, the moments at the summit, there is a blessing there. There is a, a realization. There is an outpouring of authority and intent, and it's not just for you. If you've come into this place, if you've come to faith simply seeking to, to find a way to live an easy and a simple life, I want to say that this is not the faith for you. That our faith is not motivated simply in us and getting by and adding another accolade to ourselves. Oh, it's just a thing that I should do to complete my nice Kiwi life. I want to say that instead our, our faith is, is defined by laying ourselves down. But when we do that, we find so much more than we ever thought we were seeking. That in God is life and life abundantly. See, so if, if this Dream Sunday, if, if, if there is blessing at the summit and the blessing isn't just for you, if we're, if we're leaving base camp, not camping in past promises, but, but pushing into what God has next, following God to the summit because that's where God is and that's where the blessing is, not just for us, but for others, then what's the dream that we are climbing towards, right? I believe that God has a dream for each and every one of you individually. And that part of the dream that we have as a church is the culmination of those dreams, that God is painting a picture that we cannot see yet, but as your dreams start to come to life, as you start to chase them down, as they start to come to fruition in your life, we're going to see, man, this dream fits here and this one fits here, and God is doing this thing amongst us together. And I'm so excited to start to see that as we collectively pursue Him. But I also believe that there's a dream that God has for this house, right? that we come and we, we're a part of as we bring our individual dreams. I, I believe that, that, you know, it's kind of in our name, that we are a church that is called to equip and empower each and every one of us to be on mission for God. 
right? We, we fundamentally do not believe that there are only some called by God, that, that there are different levels of, of faith in Christ, that there are different levels of Holy Spirit. We do not believe that. I believe that you are just as called to make a difference in this world as I am, right? Just as called as someone who might have some sort of uh, title before their name because we are all indwelt by God's presence and what we bring is nothing in comparison to the power that He has. I wanna say to you that whatever field you're in, whatever your passion or your call, our dream is that you would be extending the kingdom of heaven in that place, right? That that we would be a, a church with such expansive energy, with such expansive energy that the gates of hell cannot prevail against us, that that you would be able to look at your life and say, because I am planted in this church, because I am a part of this family, I am better able to be the person that God has made me to be. I'm making a difference. Right now, I want to point you to to this passage in in Malachi chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. I just want to, like I said, we'll unpack this more at team night, but but I believe that we want to be a church where people find peace and hope. Right? A church that not only do we find peace and hope, but we bring peace and hope to a world that needs it. That we would be a people that are ambassadors of peace and hope. That, that lead the way in turning swords into shovels. That we go, we, in a world that's all about tearing other things down to make ourselves feel better, we would be a people who build up. That we would not say, no, we're not about comparison. We're not about making you look less so that I look more. I'm about building you and I'll build me and we'll all be built together. And at the end of the day, we will be better for it. That our workmates' testimony of working with us would not be, man, every opportunity they get, they're trying to put one up on me. Every opportunity they get, they're they're trying to make themselves feel better, claim credit for, for things they haven't done. But man, this is a person who when I am at work with them, they make me better. They encourage me to be more. They call out more of me that that we would lay ourselves down and trust that we don't need to advance ourselves, but that God is doing it. And as we do that, that we would be a people in in which every member is flourishing, in which every person, you know, it it talks about sits under their own shade tree and and has the safety to tend your own garden, that, that you would grow in your life, that you would grow in your walk with God, but that your walk with God would not be the only thing that you have to talk about that you would have dreams and aspirations, that you would have things that God is doing in you, things that God has put in you that are are flourishing and growing and that you would be able to say, I've got the confidence and and the authority to step out in these things because of the church that I'm a part of. That we would be a church where the hurt and the battered are transformed into a company of the elite. That we know it's not about us and our ability, that we are not good enough, that perfection falls short. But that when we meet with God, He transforms what we are into so much more. And that as He transforms us into that, that we would be a beacon, a mountain that points to God. So that's the, that's the picture, right? But practically, I, I, I think that looks like a few things. I think that looks like, number one, presenting the gospel in a real and a compelling way. Now, I don't believe that, that Jesus or the message needs dressing up. Right? I don't believe we need to modernize it. I don't believe we need to make it more palatable. I believe that it is exactly what it needs to be. But I also believe that we have gifts and abilities for a reason. That church is meant to be a place of joy. That church is meant to be a place of fun. That, that we have been given artistic and creative abilities because God wants us to worship Him in it. And presenting the gospel in a compelling way is honoring of Him. That we want to be a church that creates opportunities to encounter the Holy Spirit. But we also want to be a church in which people can ask big and hard questions, in which people can wrestle with things that that are hard to wrestle with, in which we can seek and access wisdom. I guess I would say that we want to be a church in which we can can engage the head and the heart, 
that we can have moments of encounter with God that we cannot explain, and yet we are not afraid of engaging in, in hard conversations about things that we need to talk through. That we would be a church that, that celebrates and incorporates all cultures and demographics. That when someone would walk into this room, that they would say, hey, there's something that I see of me. I know that I'm welcome here. This is not a church that just looks like me. This is not just a church that looks like a certain age and stage or culture or place, but that every person walks in and goes, man, that looks like me. I am welcome here. This is a place that looks, feels, and sounds like the kingdom. That we would be a church that builds strong leaders of all ages and stages. That we would say to everyone, there is a call and a mantle on your life, and it is not too late or too early to engage in pursuing it. And, and that in building those leaders, we would give people the freedom to give it a go. And we would give them the security to fail. To say, hey, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to give it my best. And even if it doesn't work out how I thought it was going to, there are going to be people who catch you, who come alongside you, and who champion you so that you do not just try once, but you try again and again knowing that God is with you. And finally, that we would be a people who know how to pray, how to worship, and how to fight. That we would be a people who do not just, just talk about knowing God, but who actually know God that our faith would, would touch the ground, that our faith would be real. And maybe just as I get the, the band up on stage, I believe that, that this starts, right? This journey to this, the summit of the church that we are called to be, the dreams that, that we have individually and corporately, I believe it starts with us turning to each other and saying, come, let's climb God's mountain. Right, it's about having a dream and, and moving towards it. It's about setting out from where we currently are, leaving base camp, heading towards the blessing for you and for others. And so as I conclude, I want to ask, how do we do that? Because right, it all ends in the same place, doesn't it? If we're honest for a moment, if we talk about this dream, we talk about being a church that's making a difference in the city that, that is expansive, in which the gates of hell cannot prevail against, that, that each and every one of us having a dream in us, advancing the kingdom in the place that we are called to, it kind of seems a little bit daunting. Man, sometimes I can't get out of the, the house on time in the morning, let alone like bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Like, how am I going to, how's this going to happen? I want to I want to encourage us that, that maybe maybe you feel a little bit under-equipped. Maybe like climb a mountain. Got any small hills? Maybe we start there. A slight rise would be preferable. I want to say that we're in good company. Right? That that Moses was called to declare a people free and had a speech impediment. Struggled to even speak in the first place, and yet he was the person that God said, You will declare freedom. I want to remind you that Abraham was called to start a nation and he couldn't have children. And that we are called to be a people that bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And it's a call that we don't just answer on our own, which is good. Because like I said, when we started, we're not meant to. See, my final point, point number three, if you're taking notes, is we climb in grace. We do not climb in our own strength and ability. We do not make this work through our own tenacity and strength of character. We bring all we have, right? We don't shy away from fully committing. We are a people who are all in because God deserves all of us, withholding nothing. But we also know that as much as we're all in, all that we have will never be enough. 
And we can celebrate that. God, I bring everything that I have, and I'm so glad that you meet me in as much and as hard as that might be for me, you meet me in my inadequacy. God, that I want to climb to the top of the summit, and, and I'm barely making it past a couple of thousand feet. I feel like I need oxygen five steps in. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.